right. When we give thanks, when we're grateful for something, it's always because it's something that we didn't have that now we've been given. So that last part of the song, did you hear what it said? And now let the weak say what? I am strong. Let the poor say what? I am rich. Whatever the things in life are that we need, we give thanks when those needs are met. And what this song helps us remember is that every single thing that we have, everything in our lives that is good comes from God. And sometimes we forget that. And so Thanksgiving is a season where we remember this truth. And this is a truth that's found all throughout the Bible. We give thanks because God has blessed us with so many things. So when you're weak, when you feel poor, when you feel like there's a place in your life that's empty, you can know that God can fill up that place. And when that place gets filled, when, when you're, you're hungry and it gets filled with food, or when you feel lonely and then you get filled with love, know that that love comes ultimately from God, all right? And you can give thanks for that. So let's pray a prayer of thanksgiving, and we're going to close together with the Lord's Prayer, all right? Lord, thank you for um, your love for us in Jesus Christ, and for this truth that all of the things that we have been given, life itself and all the things that fill it, come ultimately from you. And so we pray that we would live lives of gratefulness and thanksgiving. This week especially, pray that you would help us in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our homes, and um, the opportunities that we have to love other people, that we would give thanks and that we would remember you and um, that you would bless our lives and help us to be a blessing to other people. We lift before you the concerns that uh, we've shared earlier, the joys, the sorrows, the, um, the opportunities that are before us. We pray that you would be with our church and help us to glorify you in all these things. And so we pray together the prayer that our Savior taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, bless you guys as you go off. Your Sunday school teachers are ready for you back there. All right. And great job of singing, everybody. A couple songs that maybe were unfamiliar. So, good job this morning. Let's turn to our scripture this morning. Uh, It's from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. And this is a passage of scripture that Paul writes to the Colossians, reminding them to give thanks. And I think it's appropriate as we enter season of Thanksgiving this week. Listen to the word of God. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, And forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, 
which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Lord, as we come to these scriptures, we pray that these words from Paul would embed in our hearts and that we would be open to hear from you and to respond with our lives, with the way that we give thanks for the things we've been blessed with and the way that we uh, live our lives going forward. So be with us today. Um, be our teacher and help us to glorify you in our response. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, if you've been around Greenwich for a while, then you're aware that we don't ordinarily preach the holidays. So what I mean by that is on Mother's Day and Father's Day and uh, Memorial Day and Fourth of July, we, we acknowledge those days appropriately. Ordinarily, we don't lift up that particular holiday. Instead, we, we focus on whatever the theme or the, the book of the Bible that we've been focusing our attention on in worship services, we continue in that pattern over time. So we let the scriptures be our guide as opposed to the world's calendar and the events of the world around us. Ordinarily, that's what we do. Now, so we don't always preach the holiday, but when we do, we go all in, right? So this morning, it's like, thanks, it's all thanksgiving, it's all gratitude. I'm going to talk about what it means for us to give thanks and why this is such a, an important biblical call that Paul, and then there are other places in Scripture where we're called to be grateful for the things that we have, and why that's so important. Because this idea of thanksgiving that, that our country has instituted this week as an appropriate response to the blessings that we've been given, it's a simple idea, but it doesn't always come naturally to people. And we have to learn to be thankful. We have to be reminded of our need for gratitude especially in the culture that we're in now. Because we live in a society that assumes that the many blessings that we have, not only are they essential, which most of them are not, but they're also somehow deserved that everything, that the abundance that we have been given is not only something that we ought to have, but it's something that we deserve, that, that we're entitled to live the lives that we lead. And I think this is especially true for younger, I, I think younger people in general always feel this way because they assume health, right? <laughs> Much of the time, they assume that their bodies will work well, right? They assume ability and we tell children and we want children to know that they can be, they can have these amazing lives. I think our, our media-saturated culture, the world that we live in now, especially contributes to a sense that we, that we ought to have only good things in our life and that there's something wrong when there's a gap, when there's an empty space. I heard a, a really interesting insight into this recently about some of the reasons why it might be harder for people to be grateful in our society, why people sort of feel entitled to the things that they have. It's because we have so many more neighbors than we used to. Let me see, explain what I mean by that. 
there used to be just a few people's backyards who, who backed up to yours, right? Where you could kind of, you could peer over the fence and kind of see what they had and what was going on, right? And so you knew like who the people around you were. Maybe you had some close friends where you're kind of in their business, right? And you know what's going on with them. But everything was personal and relational, right? Now we have literally hundreds and hundreds of friends through media and social media particularly where we can peer into their lives and see who they are. If you're a younger person, um, you know, under the age of 30 (laughs) and you have social media, you literally have thousands of friends of friends of friends of people's lives who you who intersect with yours, even if it's just in digital images that says, this is what life looks like. This is what life ought to look like. This is what my life is like. You've heard the phrase, keeping up with the Joneses. Um, Some of the younger folks actually may not know what that means. So the idea is uh, of keeping up with the Joneses means that there's always that one family in the neighborhood who seems like they have it all together, right? And we'll call them the Joneses, right? Nice house, nice car, nice jobs, nice kids, everything in their life seems to be perfect. And so the idea of keeping up with the Joneses is everybody's sort of chasing the fam- that one family who seems like they have it all together, right? Well, now thanks to social media and, and other technology, we literally have hundreds of Joneses to keep up with because everybody can put on a mask of having it together. When you look at images online, when you look at you know, people's Facebook feeds or, uh, or TikTok or Instagram, whatever, whatever social media you follow, you can see only the best, only the best most of the time that is going on in people's lives. And if you think of the way that television and, and movies and other entertainment media have added to this, there's beautiful people doing beautiful things, living beautiful lives most of the time, right? And so if you're a student, then, then you see this all the time in front of you. Um, and if you're a person living in the world today, you also have opportunities to see so many other examples of, you know, virtual Joneses that you ought to be keeping up with. And when you compare yourself with these incomplete images of what's actually going on in people's lives, you're left wondering why your life doesn't match up. Why don't I have it all together, right? Why is my life so hard? Or the flip side, when your life does match those things, when you do have an abundance, when things do go very well, you believe it's because you're entitled to all the amazing things you have because you look at all of those Joneses and everybody else has the same thing. This kind of comparison, whether it's looking down at at what I have that maybe others don't have or looking up at what I wish I had that I don't have, that kind of comparison undermines gratitude. It creates unreal expectations for what life ought to be like and it makes us ungrateful for the blessings that we actually do have. It leads to jealousy and and discontent, not gratefulness for who we are and for what we have been given. Now, I think the older we get, I've sort of been picking on young people, but I'll keep going a little bit. I think the older we get, the more we tend to understand gratitude and appreciate Thanksgiving differently. And that's not just because older people have less friends on social media, although that's part of it. 
It's because when you've lived longer, you lived through more seasons of blessing, but also of loss, right? Of times when you didn't have what it seems like you ought to have. So on a very base level, when you experience hunger, then you're grateful when you're full. Most of us don't experience hunger very often. But when you experience bodies that begin to wear down, you become much more grateful for the health that you do have, right? When you experience loss, whether it's the loss of wealth or financial resources or status that you had or the loss of relationships, loss of loved ones, whenever you know what it's like not to have something good, then you realize how precious that blessing is in your life. And it makes you all the more thankful for what you do have. This is why older people tend to get more weepy at times like Thanksgiving than younger people do. Younger people want to go play, right? Regardless of our age, sometimes we forget and believe that what we have is up to us, and that is a a surefire way to lose that sense of gratefulness. So I want to lead us in sort of an exercise this morning in practicing gratefulness this week, of remembering what some of the good things that you've been given are, and giving thanks to the one who gave them to you, remembering why you have these good things. So if you'll give me sort of a moment of privilege, I'm going to do this in the context of Greenwich Presbyterian Church. I want to name um, and talk about some of the things that I am grateful for. Um, I'm not sure, everyone may not know, especially lots of folks are sort of newish. I've been at Greenwich for 15 years now. And those of you who were here when, I'm, when I came were like, oh my gosh, I'm old, right? <laughs> I've been here for 15 years. How long have you been here now, right? My ordin- the anniversary of my ordination was just a couple weeks ago on October 28th. And I am grateful for so many things that this church has meant to me, and in particular in the last um, couple seasons that the church has been through. First of all, I'm grateful for our staff, myself excluded from this, okay? There is, um, and and not all of you know all of our, our staff, but there is an exceptional willingness to sacrifice and stay behind the scenes among the people that work Uh, here in our church. Maria and Joy and Lauren and Lucille over the course of the last couple of years have gone to tremendous lengths to make this place work in new ways when we didn't know how things were going to be able to work. Um, Our music staff, Mary and and Lon and Margaret and Debbie, and uh, we've got many volunteers. I'll get to them in in a couple minutes. It's very challenging to weekly put together the kind of music that you experience as part of this. It requires a tremendous amount of commitment and sort of the methodical weekly, Sunday comes every week. There's there's never a week that doesn't include a Sunday, and it's here every week. Our preschool, our family ministry staff, uh, Jennifer, Jill, Cindy, Lawrence, Sue Ellen, the way that they care for kids and are so invested in caring for, for not just the children, but their families as well. These are people who avoid the spotlight. You don't even know the name. You don't even know who I'm talking about, some of these names that I'm mentioning. Um, In every one of our our job descriptions, there's at the very end of it, there's a little uh, bullet that says, other duties as assigned. (laughs) And no one knows going into it what those other duties will be, but our staff has absorbed 
with patience and tremendous um, forbearance so many things that ought not to be their job and yet they have taken them. And I'm just so grateful for the ways, especially in the last few weeks when there's been quite a lot going on, the ways the staff has sacrificed. Um, and that kind of sacrifice and commitment that I'm grateful for in our staff, that extends out to volunteers, all of whom are sitting in the room uh, right now. People who provide practical help on Sunday mornings and other days for um, ministry and Bible study leaders, for teachers of our kids' programs. You know those, those folks who walked out the room with the kids? Those kids went somewhere, and it's not quiet <laughs> where they are right now, Right? Our elders and deacons um, who commit to the time going to meetings and talking about the life and ministry of the church, evaluating and planning and then putting together the, the things that happen on Sunday mornings and at other times, um, and are willing to, something about the leadership that I'm grateful for, not just the active elders and deacons, but all of the leaders of the church throughout the years, they're willing to hold lightly to the things that they care about, but also to speak passionately about those things when it's time. And there are a lot of churches that have leadership that closes in on itself, that doesn't allow other people in, that kind of um, keeps things the same or keeps things in control because it feels like the right thing to do. And this leadership at Greenwich over the years has been willing to let go and to invite new people into, um, into roles of leadership. They hold lightly to their desires, and um, that's a tremendous blessing to a place like this, and I'm, I'm thankful for that personally. Um, there's also just a, I'm thankful for a generosity that, that is part of the, the DNA of our church, and I think that other, it attracts other people who are also generous, and of course I mean financial generosity. Yes, this church um, produces a tremendous amount of mission and ministry through its giving, both here locally, but then in mission partners. And so I want to, I'm, I'm grateful to God for putting people here who hold lightly the things that they have, the resources that they have. But there's also a willingness to do. And so outside the church in meals and in helping out the local um, community shelters, um, our mission partners and different ministries, there's a hands-on reality where our church is a place that goes. We do a special campaign, we raise funds, and then people go on mission and go do work, um, both, both locally around here and then, and then around the, the country and even the world. Um, we, don't talk, we talk about it regularly, the refugee ministry, but it may have fallen into the background. I, I just want to lift that up as one area, and I'm, I'm not going to name all of those volunteers because it's too many people. But I'm not sure if you all are aware, there have been 32 families that are refugees from Afghanistan, that have come here to the country and have connected with our church family in order to be settled, to help them find a place to live, to help them find furniture, to help them find a vehicle, a job, to get oriented to American society, to enroll their kids in school. There are so many things that an immigrant doesn't have when they come, and there's a team of people who are all volunteers, who have invested hours and days and months and years in becoming friends to these refugees who have come here. Um, there are other churches involved, but of those 32 families, our church has essentially helped to settle 20 
of those families, most of those in the last year. Um, and, and I've seen it through, it, it's not just showing up with a truck of furniture, although that is a huge part of it, but this ongoing relationship where there's an opportunity to share the gospel with them, to, to be genuinely a friend and a part of their life, it takes so much time and energy and a willingness to sacrifice culturally and in other ways to, to get to know these people. And I'm just so thankful that we have people who are willing to put their time into something like this. Um, Phil, uh, one of our, is our newest staff member. I didn't mention you earlier in staff. I'm thankful for you too, Phil. But he mentioned this week in a meeting that Greenwich seems like a church that punches above its weight <laughs> when it comes to activity. And I think that that's a good way to describe what I see of the people in the church is this willingness to do more than what a church ordinarily our size would do. There's always room for more, but I'm grateful that God has put so many generous people here. I'm grateful for the history um, of this place. Um, I'm not going to spend, I've, I've already talked too much about, about some of these things, so I'm just thankful that this place has been here for so long and has been a place that consistently proclaimed the gospel, that it's a place that knows who it is. We're not trying to figure out who we are or meet the latest trend. We're just located here at the corner of Greenwich and, and, uh, and Vint Hill Road, right? And this is our community, and so we just, we have a staying power. But one of the things that I think has allowed the church to last for so long and to become healthy in so many ways is, is and I'm grateful for this, we're a community that handles loss well and stays unified through really challenging times. Uh, we have been through a lot together. Uh, I know some of you are newer to our community, but in the last um, 10 years especially, between the building and losses and misconduct and so many broken spaces, um, so many hard times, we have stayed together and we've handled the losses that we've experienced well. When we mourn, we mourn well and we do it together. We don't separate. Um, and, and Don has modeled this, and I'm grateful for a pastor who has taught this and has not bent the word of God away from the hard things. And if you've ever been a, a part of a, of a Christian community that is unwilling to bend into the hard things, but only bends toward the good things, the easy things, it's superficial. And so I'm so grateful that we are a place that allows the struggle that comes our way to help us grow, that we lean into the hardest spaces. And um, I'm, I'm thankful for that. And, and all of this is true because we are a people that is built on the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the, the heart and soul of what it means that we have received grace from God. And so therefore we respond to life with gratitude. And I'm grateful that we're a place that's built on the gospel. So I want to read Colossians 3 one more time and then kind of give you some remind, reminders of how to be grateful this week. Uh, I'm just going to pick up in verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, 
Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Three times, Paul urges us in the same little section, there's a theme that runs through it, to be thankful. And each one of those times that he calls us to be thankful, it's in response to something that Christ gives us, something that Jesus offers to us. So the first one, and and look back at the scriptures if you've got it open, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be what? Thankful. So a prerequisite to, to thanksgiving is to be at peace. In order to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, we have to be a, a, a person who's at peace with God and willing to extend that peace to other people in the same way. So if you look back at verses 12 through 14, that's all about being a people of peace with one another. He says, clothe yourself. Imagine putting on. So this is an, act, an active thing that we do to put on these character attributes of Christ. Compassion, kindness, humility. Put those things on so that you can live at peace with one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I recognize that this week brings people into your life sometimes who are challenging to deal with, and it brings up places in family life where there might be brokenness along the way. If it is possible for you to move toward peace and forgiveness and reconciliation with people in your life, move toward that kind of peace and be grateful that the peace that you have with God has been given to you. Let the peace of Christ rule and be thankful. The second part, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly and goes through teaching, admonishing, singing to God with what in your hearts? With gratitude in your hearts. There it is again. Another way to pursue thanksgiving is to let the message of Christ dwell among us, dwell in you. It is hard to be ungrateful when you have the right background music playing in your life. If the word of God is replaying in your heart, if you have, if you have embedded yourself in the truths that come from God about his grace and mercy, it is hard to be ungrateful for the things that you have. Have you ever had the wrong background music playing for something? Uh, we were at a football game yesterday, and one of the play- players got seriously injured on the field. Um, you know, it's one of these situations where they had to bring out the stretcher, and it was a really scary time. And so the whole stadium got really, really silent once they realized how serious it was, except that the music guy had ACDC playing over the, over the loudspeaker. And so nobody is saying anything, and Highway to Hell is playing. Okay? It was the wrong background music. But so often in our lives, we have the wrong words for the things that, we're most, that are most important playing in the background. Don't have the wrong background music playing. This week, if you need to, even if you don't need to, turn off the news. You do not need that background music playing through the relational things that are ahead of you. Instead, read the scriptures. 
Uh, Take this week to read through one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Read the story of what Jesus has done and let that be the words, the background music that's playing for you. And also literally change the music. (laughs) Play music that glorifies God and that draws you in. Let that be the background music that goes. Take Take your bullets at home and sing these hymns together each day. Let the message dwell in you. Get the background music right and respond with gratitude in your heart. And then finally, Paul closes with whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Giving thanks. Whatever you do, do it in the name of Christ. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, then your life is not yours anymore. You were bought with a price when Jesus gave his life for you. You have been given this free gift of grace. Everything that you have comes from him, both in this life and in the life to come. So this life is not the end of who you are. You represent Christ. In the name of Christ, you are a reminder to other people of who he is. So be the kind of person that responds with gratefulness for all the blessings you have. Be grateful for who you are, for the gift of life itself. Every breath is a gift. Be grateful for the abundance that you have and never forget that you're not entitled to any of it. All of the blessings of prosperity that we have living in this place is all a gift to be used for God's glory. So be grateful for it. Be grateful for the people around you this week, even the annoying ones. They are a gift from God and they need to see that you treat them that way. They need to see him in you. And finally, be grateful even for the sorrows that come in hand with a season like Thanksgiving. There are empty spaces in our lives that remind us that we have something beyond this life to look forward to. So is it possible that we can even be grateful for the empty spaces, knowing that in the end, the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ fills those in with his love and grace in the end. Begin your thanksgiving by deciding to be grateful, and this week, see what blessings God might bring through that. Amen? Amen. Lord, thank you for your word, for this call to thanksgiving to gratefulness and we pray that you would help us to move out of the way the things that are obstacles to remembering your goodness to us Um, for the dark places for the lonely places for the gaps uh, where we've experienced loss fill it up with your mercy and remind us that even in those hardest places you are still at work according to your plans and purposes and then in the end you are making all things new And so we put our lives in your hands and we pray that we would be a blessing to people, that they would see you in us as we celebrate Thanksgiving together this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.